You're checking in to Key Learnings, your key to unlocking insights into the hospitality industry. From hotels and motels to suites and boutiques, hosted by Haima Black from Dynasty Podcasts. Your room is ready now. Welcome to the first episode of Key Learnings, a hospitality industry podcast. My name is Haima Black. I've been podcasting since 2005 as the founder and host of Dynasty Podcasts the first-ever and longest-running music podcast in Chicago's history. Over the last decade, Dynasty Podcasts has hosted a number of live podcast events, often activated with and at hotels. Past digital media and live event partners here in Chicago have included Public Hotels, Virgin Hotels, Soho House, Ace Hotel, Chicago Athletic Association Hotel, Moxie Hotel, and more. Around the same time, I launched a Podcasting 101 class on Airbnb's Experiences platform a few years back, where attendees can sign up for in-person experiences through the home sharing site. Between working with hotels and building a business through Airbnb, I became more and more aware of the interesting stories and creative concepts happening in the hospitality space. Whether at a luxury hotel, a boutique motel, or an independent Airbnb property, hospitality was becoming more and more innovative and adventurous, and I wanted to continue to connect my podcasting efforts to the energy and evolution happening in the hospitality space. So this podcast is my journey to tell the stories behind the innovative properties and people that make hospitality such a fascinating field. And speaking of fields, my first interview for this series was recorded in the fall of 2019 at the Fields of Michigan. It's a -a one-of-a-kind upscale glamping destination in South Haven, Michigan. I visited the blueberry farm that is the campgrounds and got to connect with founder Irene Wood. Here's how that interview sounds. Hi, my black. I am here in South Haven, Michigan. I'm at the fields, a camping ground, and I'm here with the founder, the owner, the manager, Irene Wood. How are you doing today? I'm amazing. Great crisp fall day. It is. It's tremendous fall weather out here. It feels fantastic. It is the epitome of Midwest fall weather. Yeah. Uh, dreamy. Yes. I love it. It smells. You've got like the smell of the kind of burning leaves or, or just that fall smell in the air. It's fantastic. So thank you so much for sitting down with me. We're here to talk about this tremendous property, and it's a really unique property, so we're going to talk about that, but I always love to get some background on people. Tell me how you got started in you know, hospitality and how kind of this project came to be. Well, I think every project that somebody does, particularly, I don't want to say later in life because I feel really young still, but started bartending in college. And that's really where my love of sitting around with people with a cup of coffee well, not really a cup of coffee, a glass right. of wine starts, and then left the industry for a bit and did engineering. But my love of travel never stopped. So when the opportunity presented itself to do a project like this, I grabbed it by the hands and uh, just really thought it was time, this area needed it, and decided if anybody was going to do it, I could do it. What was it about this particular property? Because there's a lot of kind of like let's call it nature grounds in the Midwest, but why South Haven, Michigan? Why this spot? Okay, so South Haven's my hometown. And, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of, I guess you would use this, experiential travel that takes place in national parks. You know, somebody that wants to hike or somebody that wants to climb a mountain. But some of the other areas that get untouched are fields, you know, farms. And there's a lot of interest in this whole farm to table. So the thought was, if I'm going to do something experiential, I'm going to do something I know. And I grew up on a farm just two miles up the road. I'm going to bring it back to my hometown. Yeah. And South Haven, the Southwest Michigan area, is relatively crazy in the summer with travelers. And this type of travel just didn't exist. So I picked a blueberry field. South Haven's blueberry capital of the world. 
and decided that I was going to immerse guests in that whole farm experiential travel experience. It's interesting because a lot of the press basically more or less says like, this is the only thing like this in the area. And I feel like it really is. You could stay at a lot of hotels in the Midwest, but there's not a lot of like camping grounds, let alone kind of specialized, unique, upscale camping kind of experiences like this. Well, there is camping. I mean, Michigan has probably what, 300, 500 campgrounds that are licensed and operated and within the state. Pictured Rock probably is one of the most beautiful in the upper, you know, upper peninsula. Then we also have, you know, some amazing campgrounds in this area. But I think that nobody has touched this authentic luxury farm experience. And you can go camp at the Yogi Bear Campground or you can go to the state park and see Lake Michigan. But what I think people, I mean, there's this whole brand called Outstanding in the Field. They do these dinners. They travel the country going from one farm to the next. They're sold out every year and every dinner. And there's this desirability for people to go back to maybe roots. You know, their grandma and grandpa, they close their eyes and they can feel that nostalgic feel of riding in the back of their pickup, you know, with their feet dangling. Or they can remember their grandma and grandpa grabbing a fishing pole and taking them down to the pond to fish. And that has been lost. And so I think in this particular case, what we've said is, we're going to help you rediscover that in a way that matches up with our adulthood. I love it. I think that's a tremendous uh, concept. Talk about your role because you're you're managing it and it sounds like overseeing and really kind of like you're in charge of everything here. And we all know that when you're in charge, you're doing everything. Even if someone else is doing it, you're still assigning it. You're still facilitating for that job to be done. So what all goes into your role in managing it and maintaining this property? I think some people forget that this is a farm. So this is a working farm and the season starts in May when blueberry season roughly begins and we get the fields ready and that carries through July when the blueberries come in and we finish up kind of in, I mean, obviously, as you can see today, we're out there pruning the bushes and getting everything ready for fall. So there is this whole farm side that everybody sees, but they don't have to participate in. They just get to enjoy it. Right. But then there's this other piece that's just the actual hospitality piece. So what I love to tell people is this is the most perfect outdoor B&B experience. You're hosted by true locals and everybody that works here is a farmer outside of here. So you'll see Dave, he comes in, he's a cattle farmer. This is his second job. You know, you get Pilo who was here and he was a blueberry farmer. So everybody that works on this piece of property is a farmer outside of this location. And what they do is they bring multi-generational stories. They bring some fun and excitement, definitely hard work. And they care for this like it's their own. Setting aside the farm piece, there's this piece where you get breakfast served in the morning and your tent turned down and luxury linens. And Marcy, I went to high school with her. That's the fun part. She takes care of kind of all of the, I would say, room and board stuff. But she was with uh, Ritz-Carlton Properties. So she knows what it means to make a tight bed and luxury linens and to roll towels so that guests who are accustomed to that feel that in a pretty raw environment. I mean, if it's raining, it's raining. Right. But your tent is still gorgeous. If it's windy and cold, you still have rolled linens with your dinner. So I think that that is some of the niceties that we're overseeing while doing a little bit of everything here. Well, and that leads into my next question, which is, what have you learned about the hospitality experience that I'm sure you had ideas and knowledge going in, but then 
once it's a reality, once you're on the ground, I'm sure that there's learning. So what were some of the surprises? Um, not necessarily. There was, I mean, there's some nature surprises, right? So I'll just tell you, everybody wonders, like, do you have snakes? Do you have spiders? Do you have rats? I mean, all those crazy stuff. And the answer to that is, I'm sure somewhere we, we haven't seen them this season. But just following the flow of nature. You know, for instance, in June, you're dealing with the June bug. In November, or I would say October, you're dealing with a lot of seasonality. So yielding to nature was probably the largest lesson. Like, how do we make it so comfortable if it's 100 degrees outside or if it's 30 degrees in the morning? Because you, you're sitting outside. Um, so those were some of the skills that we've had to kind of fine-tune. But I would say one of the greatest things that happened this summer was it's like that instinct where people want to be communal. So we started to change the way that we operate. So everything is communal. All the dinners are communal. All the breakfasts are communal. So what we've decided was everybody just really wants to connect with one another. How do we create that environment for them? And we work really, really hard to make sure that they're scheduled and those timepieces are there. Well, and I think community makes people want to come back here because they're meeting people that they didn't know prior. They're yep. just meeting other people from the tents. And then they leave with, you know, you keep using the word experiential, and it is. It's like they leave with an experience. They didn't just stay at a hotel. Correct. They didn't just check in somewhere overnight because they were too tired to keep driving. It's like they have memories they're taking away from here. What kind of stories have people told you from the time that this has been open where they're like, this was tremendous, I had this experience that I didn't expect here? So I think, you know, we hear that every single weekend. And we have a little box that's up front in kind of the main building that holds all the treasures that people send back to us that they've either been moved. I mean, we, I would say every weekend somebody's crying when they leave, not because of they're sad to leave. It's more that they've had an emotional experience while they've been here. But I would say we were just having this conversation this morning with some guests is that this space provides people to have life moments and to share them. So we've had engagements. We've had people find out they were pregnant here. <laughs> we've had wedding. We've had terminally ill people here. So I think this space is just really super sacred and to allow people to share those stories because they want to they share those moments with other people in a way that's intimate. I mean, there's only 10 tents, so there's you know, 20 people mostly at the max. And to feel engaged is incredible. And I know it's working because at the end of the weekend, the group will say to each other, let's book the exact same dates with the exact same people next year. So they continue their story outside of, not outside of me, but along with me. And we've had that happen at least three times. I love that. It sounds like the tents are consistently selling out. At what point did you start to realize that this was a successful venture, that, that the concept was catching on with people? You know, I still wonder. Um, you know, you always wonder if it's a one and done. But I think as long as we stayed authentic, that we weren't pretending to be anything other than we were, that we allowed ourselves to say, okay, we're pretty successful. But I think when September hit and we had no more dates available on the calendar and we saw that people were now booking for the following year because they missed out on the experience and their friends had it and they were like, shoot, I wanted it. We looked at each other and we were like, okay, we're on to something. Yeah. Do you see this concept potentially expanding? Are you thinking like, I know great grounds in Indiana or is this really kind of a unique one and done, this is it? So it's so interesting you bring this up. I never envisioned it was a one location, but I did have boundaries to it. So these were the boundaries. I think it always had to be, the reason we named it the fields, is it always had to be a farm. And frankly, not to be, you know, a 
generalist, but it had to be a woman farmer. I think they're a little bit more nurturing and probably uh, better hosts, not to knock any guys that are out there, but you know, everybody goes back to their mom's house for their mom's cooking and <laughs> you know, their mom to make their bed. But I wanted to do um, some great service to women who have taken on a non-traditional role and usually are carrying the torch. I have five brothers and I'm the one, not the five. I'm the one that decided I was going to continue the farming legacy. So I wanted to pay homage to that. So I think if I were to envision what the fields has in store for it over the next 10 years, a number of locations, and those locations really allow a farmer, a woman farmer, to showcase her space, just like we've showcased here. Well, and there's that authenticity that can't be replicated. Correct. You know, because I think people, everyone has such a strong bullshit detector now, and we're so accustomed to so many things that are fake on Instagram or social media. So, if it's not a real farm experience, if it's not being produced by people who care and who have that background, I think people would find that out very quickly. Well, they would also, but I think the other thing too is authenticity does, like you said, it does present itself in a way that makes people connect immediately. But I think that there is this, there's beauty. Like everybody thinks you got to travel to Thailand to see beauty or you got to go to Vietnam and not everybody can afford those experiences. You know, we find that a lot of guests that are coming here have wanted to do this, but couldn't just afford to the plane ticket to Jackson Hole to drive then two hours to stay in a $700, $2,000 a night place. And while I understand all those costs and there's people for that, some people just want to enjoy what is near. And this is, I mean, Indiana is beautiful. Wisconsin's beautiful. Michigan's beautiful. You don't have to go to California to see beauty. No, 100%. I mean, this was a two-hour drive for me from Chicago. Easy. Yep. You know, I was over, I listened to two podcasts and I was here. <laughs> so, absolutely. Now, talk about the activities because I know there's so many activities. If someone's staying here for one or two nights, they're here for a weekend, like, what all is available for them to do during their time here at the fields? So, this is where the list gets to be endless. And I think that this is where our greatest skill lies. So, all guests get contacted. And we just say, what experience are you looking for? And I would tell you most guests want the experience of nothing. They want to come in, sit in a rocking chair, drink coffee all day. Or they want, you know, one, a great dinner. So this desire to have your schedule filled to the gills has gone away. Like you get that when you go to the Marriott in Fort Lauderdale. The activities you can sail, you can fish, you can go like right now, apple pick, pumpkin pick. You can go to wine tours. You can go to cheese making, cheese tasting, art galleries, great dinners, art fests. You name it. We're within probably a 30-minute drive of three, four farm towns. So you can get that truly authentic farm-to-table experience. But I think most guests will do this. And it's I can almost tell you with certainty what they'll end up doing. They check in on Friday today. They'll socialize. We do pie happy hour. They'll think that they have a dinner reservation, but they'll cancel because they've just made 18 new friends. <laughs> they'll sit by the fire and tell stories and figure out where everybody's from. They'll get up tomorrow morning, have breakfast. They'll hit a winery, a great lunch. They'll come back for an afternoon nap. They'll cook dinner here, tell more stories, eat some s'mores, Sunday, breakfast, get up and then go. And they'll feel like they've had the best sleep ever. They've made 18, 19 great new best friends. And they'll plan their trip to do the exact same thing next year. 
Well, and I feel like the experience you just described, if it was something that you could purchase with like an add-on around, let's say, your Coachella ticket, <laughs> that would be $3,000, what Correct. you just described. And it's not $3,000 to do that here. Correct. No, yeah. and I, you know, and everybody wonders, like, how do you come up with pricing? And one of the things that we did was South Haven has, obviously, places you can stay. But we wanted people to choose us intentionally, not just based on a price. Like, oh, they're cheaper than the Hampton Inn. So we were like, we're going to give you an experience. We're going to give you locals. We're going to give you fresh air, a pond, fishing poles, some night crawlers. People don't even know what night crawlers are, by the way. We're going to give you this opportunity to do anything and everything you want. And we're going to give it to you for about 350 bucks. Totally reasonable. I agree. Yeah, and absolutely. S- and and I, maybe that's why we're sold out. And it's achievable. Correct. It's like even if you don't have $350 in your pocket today for a vacation, you're not saving up for two years. Correct. You might be like, all right, well, two months from now. We're going to do that. Correct. The amenities that are present on the grounds and in the tents, you know, you mentioned the luxury linens. There's the wood-burning stove. There's the plush towels. You know, there's all these things. And at the same time, there is an emphasis on unplugging. So how do you balance the worlds of kind of like offering luxury but also offering kind of an unplugged experience here? So when I think of kind of what makes luxury, my luxury was a bed. I said it had to be a killer bed. Yeah. So we were like heated mattress pad, you know, Sherpa wool. We do beautiful linens, a heavy weighted duvet, you know, great pillows. And anybody that stayed here will tell you every weekend we probably give the list. First off, West Elm owes me a huge favor because <laughs> I know I sold out their duvet and sheets because I promote them. They're the best linens there are in the industry. But similarly, I send the kind of the bed sales like recipe to guests every weekend. Then my husband would say that the luxury is actually the bathroom where you go in and there's a hot shower and a sink and a toilet and you don't have to leave your warm tent on a crisp fall night to go to the bathroom. But then I think some of the other things are just the quaint touches. Each room is themed a little differently, but there's a Girl Scout room and there's books that you can read or we'll go at night and we'll throw a game on the bed, you know, because we know that you're not catching Wi-Fi or a show. And I think that those are the simple touches where somebody's like, oh, they thought enough to turn my bed on or they thought enough to throw a game on or they heard me talk about chocolate cupcake and we provided it for. It's just listening. It's like listening. It's like hosting your best friend. What would you do? You listen to what they say and then you show it to them while they're there. And that's the touch. And it almost sounds like you're (laughs) describing like what a sleepover was for us in like grade school before – Everybody, I would imagine, if you're 11 years old to sleep over now, everyone's just glued to a screen. Oh, but yeah. before, you had to like talk to people, play games, make your own sort of entertainment, and, and you know stimulate yourself. Well, we joke. We're like, where's the Tostino's pizzas rolls? You know, like <laughs> right, at 11 yeah, exactly. o'clock. Like, who has that, and where is it? And you laugh, but somebody had brought chicken nuggets, and those are in the freezer. And they're like, I'm making chicken nuggets for us all. Everybody becomes caretakers of each other over the course of their stay, which then just kind of fuels this whole... I've never done that before. I've never had an experience where I went someplace and everybody was taking care of everybody. Talk about the culinary experience here. And I know obviously blueberries are a big part of the equation. There's the blueberry pie, this is a blueberry farm. But when I was reading through all the materials, there's a lot more available and there's a lot more that, you know, people can purchase. So if we're saying like, okay, well, the snack or the breakfast is blueberries, what else am I eating during the day if I only stay on the grounds? So if you only stayed on the grounds, I mean, we take care of your breakfast. Okay. We're like, we've got you covered. And, you know, we are still finessing what that exactly looked like, that experience. So it's been perfected with a chef. We go pick up breakfast. 
It allows us to get out of here and have a cup of coffee with a local because we don't see it during the season. We pick it up and it's delivered hot and fresh to guests. So I already know what's on the menu for tomorrow. It'll be five hot quiches and a frittata. They'll have an incredible salad and um, coffee. Yeah. Apple cider, some local homemade cider donuts, and they'll be happy as clams. Um, Sunday, we always do something sweet. So Sunday will be a French toast bake with like a berry compote. And they just get spoiled rotten while they're here. But, you know, I think kind of when we look at what we do for lunches and dinners, most guests go off property for lunch. Well, mm-hmm. it's great here. You know, there's amazing, amazing restaurants. You know, we have – so Chef Missy used to be the head chef at Publican. She oh, yeah. then came to Saugatuck and opened up her own restaurant called Penny Royal. All of my guests go to Penny Royal, right? They get one lunch in because it's the best lunch in the area. So, and I love to support her. And so we send all of our guests there. They eat the smoked whitefish sandwich or the grilled cheese and tomato soup. I mean, it's, she's just doing the best that there is. And then from dinner, if dinner guests want to have dinner here, we use a number of chefs to have them either cater in or come and cook. So catering in. We call ahead. We say we've got seven. It's chef special. They don't know what they're getting. And it could be a smoked turkey leg. It could be a Wagyu beef. It could be a meatloaf. You know, and all the guests love that because it's a great surprise. So we just try to offer. We can accommodate anything. Pizza. You want pizza? We'll order pizza and bring pizza in. We just got it all covered. We make it with 10 guests or 10 tents, 20 guests. We can pretty much take care of everybody individually or as a whole. It's not a Vegas resort where you've got... 20,000 people on site at any given time. Absolutely. You know, we talked about this concept expanding in the future to other markets, but how else do you see this, this idea evolving in the future? Or do you have other hospitality ideas in mind that maybe aren't necessarily camping based? So the fields will get a food truck and the food truck will be on site during the season. And it'll use, we've got all this area that you can kind of see around us. That's going to be our own raised bed gardens. That'll provide true farm to table produce for our food truck. We will expand, you know, five more tents, which will give us a total of 15. You know, we already have six weddings on the docket. So I think from that perspective, we're growing here. But what I love is that culinary farm-to-table piece. So we're really going to increase that whole farm experience. I keep thinking we'll have a little bucket of farm garden tools so that when guests come, they can play gardener for the day. I mean, they want that. So That's great. Yeah. What advice would you give for anybody who's not traditionally from hospitality, but who has an idea in their head and they're saying, hey, you know, I want to open an Airstream camping experience or I want to do something like this or something totally different, but I haven't worked at, you know, Hyatt for, you know, 17 years. Well, I think probably they're, to be honest with you, those are probably the best people to take into that. But I think truly, you know, we've had a lot of uh, calls for people that are like, I'm interested in starting a business. And my number one question is, is this your passion? Like, do you love hosting people? all day breakfast lunch and dinner into the night and if that answer is yes then I say tackle whatever it is because the passion translates into great hosting a great experience for your guests and you'll be extremely successful what is the website and how early can people start booking for spring 2020 okay so the website is um thefieldsofmichigan.com and our our actually our reservations are open now so you can actually book now for next year and I would say you have to book pretty soon because we're already filling up for next summer already. I totally believe it. The dogs are emphasizing that. <laughs> um, Irene Wood here at the Fields in South Haven, Michigan. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been a production of Dynasty Podcasts. 
find more at keylearningspodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.